Welcome to Side Talks. How'd you like that? Wow. Let me turn my volume down. Okay. My headphones. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I wasn't. Ex- I. You got me. I, you good. got me this time. Good. Um. And I got the listener. I hope. Yeah. I mean, it was shocking. It was shocking. Uh. You know, I on my way here, Corey, I passed by a one of those like Iron Tribe things. Uh huh. And I was wondering if Iron Tribe would sponsor us if we just started the podcast every day with me throwing tires at you. <laughs> so, Iron Tribe, call us. Anyway, call us. We're not here to talk about. We're not here to throw tires at each other yet. Yeah. Even though, just wait a minute. It will happen, I'm sure. Um. But yeah, let's. I'm Rachel Morgan, and you're who? Corey who? Craft. What's your name? Corey Craft. Corey Amazon Craft. So here we are, and uh, let's get going talking about movies. Get ready for a five minute fight. Five minute round one fight. fight. Oh man! It's it's time. Oh, it's that time. I'm so excited. I've been asking you to watch this for months. Yes. I knew. I had a, just an instinct, Corey, that you were going to hate it. Brad, have you started the timer? Okay. Um. So almost, right? Just give us a thumbs up when you got it. Because we are fighting about 16 candles. All right. Here's the thing. Okay. You know that I don't like John Hughes movies, with exception of Pretty in Pink. Yeah, which you like a lot. Which I like a lot. Um. I'm going to take all of the problematic stuff that has not aged well from 16 Candles, and I'm going to set it to the side because oh, really? we don't have to talk about that. Okay. Um, it's it's there. It's obvious. You're going to watch this movie. You're going to see you know a bunch of stuff that is, by 2021 standards, not cool. At all. At all. At all. There's some rapey shit. There's some, I mean, clear, like, just... Clear Asian prejudice bullshit. Sure. Um, yeah, for sure. That that stuff is is clunky. It's bad. It contributed to the reason that I don't like this okay. movie. But I don't think we need to give that any more oxygen because All it's right. obvious. All right. What I want to say is when I watched 16 Candles and compared it to Pretty in Pink, a movie that I think is successful, mm. okay. 16 Candles is lacking because 16 Candles does not give its characters the depth uh, with like the the class considerations and all of that that Pretty in Pink does. Of course, yeah. Pretty in Pink is a far more successful version of the type of movie that Sixteen Candles is, and it helps, I guess, that Pretty in Pink has many of the same cast members. It's not as broad and caricature filled with caricatures as Sixteen Candles. Sure. And I'm thinking of not only Long Duck Dong, but the you know the the hordes of teenage geeks and the you know sleazy family that that Molly Ringwald's sister is marrying into and they're right. they're silly like comb-overs and outrageous uh you know attire and stuff like that um what it comes down to is that 16 candles is broader not as funny not as insightful and yeah it's filled with all that problematic shit uh, I just didn't. I didn't think it was good. Um, Molly Ringwald's good, you know. She's she's good. I mean, I I would argue she's great. <clears throat> I would argue she's great in this. But and I, I would I would not because I think she's much better in in Pretty in Pink. But why are you comparing these two films just for the just for the obvious reasons? I yeah, mean, this just film for the stands on its reasons. own. I don't, and so it is interesting that you're doing that because what I will say is, being an old person, uh-huh. my experience with this film was that Pretty in Pink didn't exist when I saw it. Well, and so sure. I, and yeah, so I enough. don't think that we. I don't think that I look at a director's work or even a writer's work and say, well, that one was better, so I don't like this one. I mean, I'm not saying that that's the only reason you don't like it's it. Not. But, but your comment about comparing it to Pretty and Pink has come up numerous times. It's a very different film. You're right. This is more broadly 
comedic. This is more caricature driven. This is more sort of taking the stereotypes of high school and, you know, really presenting them in, in, in the most reductive way, so but, to speak. Yeah, and it's not subverting them. It's not doing no, anything. It's not, with them. it's not trying to, it's, it's just, trying to be broadly humorous, um, sort of highlighting some of the, the air and, and maybe, you know, some things clearly haven't aged well. The politically incorrect shit has not aged sure. well. But in addition to that, I'm sure there's some other stuff hasn't. Uh, but I do, I do think that, you know, it's a fun high school film. It's not trying to be pretty in pink. It's not trying to be, uh, you know, something like Fast Times even. It's its its own thing. And it's it's just sort of it, – it's a silly film and it's it's living in a silly world. I, I, I just don't – I just don't find it funny. I just didn't – I didn't think it was funny. The movie uh. tries to mine a lot of comedy from, you know, either having its characters be caricatures or – you know, a bunch of, again, stuff that hasn't aged well, you know, like um, just thrown around like homophobic slurs at all the dudes uh, and and Anthony Michael, Michael Hall's whole thing, which yeah, is. Yeah, you know what? I have a secret. Uh-huh. That happened a lot in high school. I know it did. I know. I know. But <laughs> I mean, it doesn't I mean that it, like. I don't think it puts the, I don't think it, okay, the, the long duck dong so- stuff aside because it is problematic as hell. Um, but I don't think that a lot of the homophobic slurs and the sort of making fun of the geek stuff is done in a manner in which it, it's elevating that to, to being something that's that's okay. I think it's just sort of presenting it in a way that that is the nature of high school, especially in that era. But I would argue that probably in a lot of high schools right now in Alabama, those same kind of slurs are being thrown around. Sure, so but I, they're not being presented as the punchline of jokes. I, yeah, I don't think, I, you know, I don't know exactly what you're talking about here because it's been a minute since I've seen the film, but I don't think that he's presenting, I don't think they're being presented as a punchline of a joke. I think it's just sort of part of the texture of high school life. What I will say on the positive here is that I do think Molly Ringwald's very good. Yes. I think that her friendship with her with her bestie in this in this film is really fun. I really appreciate the, the sort of female friendship that, that sort of is a thread throughout this whole thing. Um, I think that there's some really sweet stuff. I think the conversation with the dad on the couch is... Is doing a lot. That's the best scene in the movie. Um, Paul Dooley's really good. It's a sweet scene. And I also really appreciate some of the cinematography, like the sitting across the cake at the end on the table. There are some iconic things. And there is there is some visual humor, like the swiping of the table and Anthony Michael Hall's face, whatever it is. Mm. I mean, I think that stuff is actually really funny. They're just It's just like, here's a movie filled with horny little goblins who are destroying everything yeah. in their path. Did you go to high school? Yeah, but... Because my high school was filled with horny little goblins that were destroying everything in their path. I know, but and there I is some humor. In I, that. I, I, not in this movie. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, anyway, well, I guess we'll, we'll we'll hear from Sam. I think this is a, a again problematic, but um, good film. Soundtrack is great. Also, let me just add one more thing, really okay. quickly, right. and that is that this kind of film is exactly the kind of thing that influenced great films like Mean Girls. Like the, we don't sure, have stuff sure, like sure. that without I, this. I so I do want to add that. I do understand that. Yeah. I, so. You know, in in the context of 1984, when this movie came out, all all credit, but seeing it for the first time in 2021, not not wild about it. Sorry for going over time, but you know, sixteen candles. Just rambling and rambling. Relax, relax. <laughs> oh, y'all will be okay. Let me into the bath. <laughs> um, all right, so I'm I'm gonna just be blatant and say Rachel is absolutely correct here. Um, it's a silly film set in a silly world. So 500,000 points to Rachel, uh, but you both tie for correctly noting that this just did not age well, no matter how you look <laughs> at it. Um, That's real. And yeah, it shouldn't be compared to Pretty in Pink because it did, came, um, it did, it did come out first. Um, and y'all both lose points for, and well, no, we all lose points for saying the phrase horny little goblins. <laughs> um, 
Also, I typed out long dug dong is long dug wrong. Um, just had to get that out. Sorry. I think that's accurate. Just just send that tweet, Sam. Just go ahead and tweet that. All right. Oh, I won. Programming regrets coming this fall. Oh, this is that random and very rare segment. The wah wah programming <laughs> regrets. Um, and I've got one for you today. Okay. It's one that came up because uh, I recently had a bout of something. I don't know. It's a little sick. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it made me think of this film. And um, so let me take you back to the year 2007. Ooh, boy. Yeah. A while back. I was programming Sidewalk. Can you believe it? Congratulations. <laughs> it was my first year programming alongside Kyle McKenna. Nice. Um, and a film came across our desk and literally came across our desk. Because this is back when we would we would have still in 07, I want you to know, Corey, we would have still in 07, we're getting VHS tapes. Pre-Without a Box, pre-Film Freeway. You know what? I think Without a Box was, mm, maybe maybe Was it right. about to launch? It might have just launched. Okay. But I can tell you that people still mailed films in and- the, there were there would always be a few on VHS, which hmm. is crazy to think That's about. That's wild. Um, but this would have been DVD, and so this is a film from 2007. Um, really uh, came across our came across my desk, and it is a film um, I that I bet I would be so shocked if anybody knew it. And again, it's no slight to the film I mentioned it because I wish we'd programmed it. It is a film called Hohokam. Yeah, I've never heard of this. So Hohokam is directed by Frank Ross. Mm -hmm. And Frank has had films in the festival, but this particular year, Kyle and I both really took to this film, which is, I think, probably would have been classified as mumblecore. Okay. Even though I'm not so sure that that is totally accurate for this film. I get why. It's talky. It's relationship-driven. It's a white couple. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, it's, it's that kind of mumbly kind of humor. Um, but I really liked this film at the time. And really wanted to program it. And we were so risk averse. And it definitely felt like a film that, especially in Birmingham, Alabama, would have put, you know, 20 people in a room. So mm, yeah. I just, you know, it well, it didn't, it seemed, it seemed too risky for programming at that time. Um, we were, we were, we were brand new at programming and we were not taking many risks and it seemed too risky. Hmm. So um, it's a great film. It's, I, I mean, it's thin, as many of that era were, and it's gritty, a little gritty, a little lo-fi, but a really good film. So Frank Ross, is is Frank Ross one of the Ross brothers? No, no, no. no. Different, he is a different Different gentleman. Ross. Yeah, but he is in the, he, he's in the camp of, uh, if, if Frank, if you're listening, email us. Um, he's in the camp of like the Joe Swanbergs. And I see. The, you know, it, it's a similar. So, so part of that class, I suppose, of yeah. filmmakers. Of, yeah. Uh, like Swanberg and Andrew Bajowski and, and totally. Greta Gerwig and all of those folks. And I would say no offense to the others or no offense to Frank, however you want to cut it up. But like he makes a much stranger film than the other folks do. Mm -hmm. But of the similar world. I see. Um, and so I, I can, I did not actually take, I should have taken a look to see if it's available out there anywhere i would be shocked if it were yeah it is a very small film um but it is a and, and i ha, again i haven't probably seen it in over a decade but um i i did i remember regretting it that year and i i think frank might have even come to the festival just to come yeah and i definitely know we had him back like the next year when we were feeling a little more secure and our programming and you know a little less risk averse and around the time i'd probably say it was Oh, oh nine when we just started discovering that actually risking stuff is probably what we need to be doing. Sure. Uh, it just took a minute. You don't, you know, you have a, 
not to get into the details here, but you've, you have a board and you have, you know, executive director and you have a lot of people watching to see what you're going to do and they want you to sell tickets. And um, it took us a couple of years to get our legs. But this, this, if this had come, if this had been made in, in 2010, this would have definitely been programmed hmm. on the sidewalk. Yeah, so. I, I've never heard of this. Um, I'm unfamiliar with Frank Ross as a filmmaker. So I, I guess if you're listening, so, sorry. <laughs> I think you might like Frank's stuff. Yeah. I kind of, this is a recommendation maybe a little bit to you two to go do a, a dig. There's some, there's some weird Frank Ross shit out there. Uh, but anyway, you might, you might, you might like his cool. stuff. So that is a programming regret, not not a big one. This isn't the you know we re- signed a rejection letter to Lena Dunham or anything, right, right Frank? But uh, but indeed we did uh, reject this film when I really wanted to program it. Cool, so that's cool. my programming regret from way back in 07. Also proving that you know when I sign letters and I'm and I'm like this was a hard decision and blah 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 da, da, that I really oftentimes mean it. Not always, so I can't promise you that I mean it when you get your letter, <laughs> but oftentimes I mean it. And I, you might have made a film that I think about for twenty years. Well, when I when I signed my you know share of letters back in the day and had to write those regretful little messages there there were a bunch of films that i remember you know truly truly regretting yeah. not including but you it's know real. that's the name of the game there's there's only so many slots there's only so many venues uh, and and you have to you have to do what you have to do yep well anyway Meh. thanks for that film frank appreciate it and wop wop programming regrets Well, thanks for listening to this episode of Side Talks, where your own personal cinematic Delilah and Don Imus. Ooh, well, those are not really comparable figures, are they? Well, they're both talking to microphones on radio shows. You're clearly the Don Imus here. Yeah, you're clearly the Delilah. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. You're going to pick a really on-the-nose song to take us out. Sure. Um, I, t- my mind just went blank. Or I'd, I'd What's one. an on-the-nose podcast song? You know, Delilah often plays Hey Delilah. Really? Oh, it's bad. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, thank you to Batwell Studios. Um, Corey's still thinking of an on the nose song to play right I, now. I know something by Amy Grant. Um, <gasps> oh, I love Amy Grant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Baby, there you baby, go. I'm taking what the notion. I've heard that song so many times in the last few weeks. I don't know what what's up with that. Like, it's just something in the air. Everybody's bringing back Amy Grant. Listen, I know this is our outro, and you know how sometimes I will stall on this, but I'm just going to tell you right now that over the last 10 years, there has been more discussion about Amy Grant in my world than there ever should be. <laughs> because it's a something I like to bring up a lot when it's hot or not moment. Oh, and boy. I actually think Amy Grant, once she did the crossover, because I'm not trying to, you know, bark up that, you know. Right, right, right. That biblical tree. Right. But once she did that crossover, she was hot, y'all. She had that hat. She had that little white V-neck shirt tucked into those jeans with that oversized belt. She was hot. Sidewalkfest.com. Hot, hot take. Uh, where, where you can see. <laughs> baby, um, baby, Brad, can you hit us with that? <laughs> you can see uh, all the um, cinema show times and information about the upcoming Sidewalk Film Festival there at sidewalkfest.com. And we're on social media at Sidewalk Film on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Sidewalk Film Festival, by the way, coming up real soon. More importantly, Amy Grant. Tori Amos, wh- where, which way do you go? Ladies I, of the ladies of the nineties. I guess I guess I'm kind of agnostic toward Tori Amos. Um, so Amy who's Gr- a, who's uh, who's another nineties lady? Who am I? Oh yeah, Alanis. Oh, I listen to Alanis. So I listen to Jack. You, you, you can, you can only go on a date with one of these women. So pick one. Oh, 
Oh boy, that's tough. That's tough. Um, mm, mm, mm. I mean, I guess it's still Fiona Apple. That's not an option. That's here. an option. Corey, that's not an She's option. She's a nineties lady. No, I said. It's not an option. I'm saying, but it's not an option because everybody's going to go Fiona. You've got to pick Alanis, Tori, or Amy. Amy Grant. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I thought you might have gone Alanis, and I'd be like, well, you just shit in your own bed, didn't you? No. no. Anyway. The, the other two are scary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Jack, I, I mean, am I wrong? To, I don't think Tori's scary. But Amy's, She's less Amy's definitely the warmest, kindest of them all. Yeah, so it's kind right. of a it's kind of a no brainer, right? I, yeah, I could see that. She's also apparently um, going to be at the Ryman for and it's solid like the, basically the entire Christmas season. Nice. So if I you if you want to get close to Amy Grant, I I won't be doing that. <laughs> oh, I can't believe how off the rails this got. I can. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Baby, baby, bye. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words. Our expertise.